We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the hills of Strawberry Canyon, I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear Cast. Let's go, go Bears! And welcome back to another episode of the California Golden Bear Cast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Rob Wong. Andy, of course, is not here because this is a Know the Enemy podcast where we talk to writers, uh, friends of our sister brother sites formerly of SB Nation sometimes not of SB Nation but today we have a former uh sibling site of ours from the SB Nation we have Marcus from Building the Dam Marcus has been on the pod before but Marcus how are you doing this afternoon I'm doing great the beavers are doing great and it's just everybody's in a good mood over here yeah, he's wearing a, a, you can't see it, but he's wearing an orange sweater as we're recording this. And, you know, yeah, he's he's repping it hard. He's repping it hard. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it, man. Tell me, what has gone so right for the Beavers this year? It's uh, been a combination of things. The defense has been bad for a number of years, and they finally turned it around to be not terrible, somewhere <laughs> average. So that's helped a lot. And the offense um, is a little bit rough at first when they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Uh, but once they turn the keys over to Chance Nolan, um, the offense has had a really good rhythm. And it's all been based on the rushing attack with B.J. Baylor. The, the, I think they're the number one offense in the Pac-12 right now, if you're looking at points scored. Um, so that's that's been the big catalyst is just the offense has been carrying them. I mean, looking at looking at the Beavers, right? Five and two currently overall, three and one in conference. Points four is thirty five point one points per game. That sits at twenty fourth in the country, um, and opposing points per game is twenty four point seven, which is sixty second. So that's a good combination of offense in the top twenty five, defense within the top seventy five. That's usually a recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing I've been most worried about is their defense it seems like the last three four years teams could just run the ball at will against oregon state get seven eight yards a carry no problem and that's been a big change this year the defense has stepped up forced teams to 
try to beat them through the air and really hold them off the scoreboard so the offense doesn't have to win a shootout every game. Yeah, I mean, talk me through the season so far because as a third party who's looking at the Oregon State and looking at their schedule, right, you guys lose a tight one to Purdue and then blow out Hawaii, blow out Idaho, blow out SC, uh, and congratulations, you guys, you know, the curse is removed now. You, you, you've completed that streak. We did that in the last decade as well, so I know how that feels. Um, and then there, a little bit of a dip against Washington and Washington State in close games there. One, you split the two, and then you come back and then roar back in the second half to beat Utah, right? I was watching that game after after our game. So, like, where what happened in that little bit of a dip, and do you see it trending back up, um, or are there some reasons for concern after what you saw happen against the two Washington schools? I think I was concerned um, after the Washington, Washington State games. Maybe the the great showing against USC was more of a reflection on USC's problems than it was on Oregon State's success. Um, but after this past week against Utah, they they got down 14 nothing, and Utah was scoring at will in the first half. And then the second half, they just flipped the script. They got a couple old blocked punts that really changed the momentum. Uh, and they put up 42 points against the Utah team that's usually really solid on defense, especially on the defensive line. So I think this Beaver team is for real, and they're just starting to come into their own. The Purdue game, first game of the season, was a little rough. Um, they actually went with Sam Neuer at mm-hmm. QB. And the offense had no rhythm at all until they put Chance Nolan in late in the game. And that's when they started their comeback. Um, and they're actually interesting is Chance Nolan was probably the third string quarterback coming into the year. There was Tristan Jevia, who was a starter last year. Sam Neuer transferred from Colorado. And then Chance Nolan was kind of relegated to third string. But Jebbia has been recovering from... Um, a quad surgery and he was not as far along as they hoped. So he's basically been out the whole year and then chance Nolan just sees the job after week one. So ever since that change, um, it's really been a whole new Oregon state team. And um, I think Beaver fans they're they don't want to believe, Hey, this team is definitely <laughs> going to win the PAC 12 and be the best PAC 12 team there. But they're, they're starting to realize this isn't, a Pac-12 team that's going to lose against Arizona or something like that. You know, they're they're obviously better than the the bottom tier of Pac-12 teams this season. I mean, so tell me from a from a writer perspective or even a fan perspective, like were there some inklings maybe before the season started where you're like, this team might be special? Like there might be. You know, you know how some beat writers like get that you get a little bit of that when you're watching practices and you're watching players like there's something there that if something if some things fall the right way, it could be something big. Or was it just a matter of surprise? And then come the the little streak between Hawaii, Idaho, SC and Washington, where that's the turning point for a lot of people and what they expected of the team. I think it was a little bit more of a surprise um, than anything. The, the offense has always been good since Jonathan Smith has come to Oregon State. He seems to be a great offensive mind and can put it together. Um, but there's still questions. No more Jamar Jefferson. No lead wide receiver. It didn't seem like they had a lead running back. So there was questions offensively. 
And then there was still big questions defensively. It seemed like the defense was going to be improved, but it was definitely a wait-and-see approach. Um, so I really, I've been more surprised than anything. But Oregon State fans kind of went into this year saying it's bowl game or bust. It's kind of time for Jonathan Smith to, uh, he's, he's past the rebuilding phase. Now it's the time to start seeing results on the field. So yeah, they, you guys are one win away from a bowl game appearance now. So, Yeah, first time since 2013. And I think Beaver fans everywhere are trying not to jinx it. They're, they're, not, they're holding their breath until they get that sixth win, until they can really enjoy it getting bowl eligible again i mean talking about the offense right i mean we got to talk about bj baylor like was was i mean because for me even though i did some research like preseason and 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 all that like he wasn't a name that was on my list and he just currently for cal fans who don't are listening to this and don't follow oregon state he's uh, 118 rushing attempts 830 yards seven yards per attempt with 10 touchdowns on the season like that's that's incredible like where yes. did he where did he come from? He yeah, I was surprised. They Beavers brought in a South Carolina transfer Deshaun Fenwick, mm-hmm. and I thought he was gonna kind of take the role as lead tailback. Um, but BJ Baylor, he's always sort of been the backup. He was behind Jamar Jefferson, always his backup. Um, before then, he was on the team, kind of a second third string type of role behind Artavis Pierce, um, and he just. Went into camp, there's about three running backs, B.J. Baylor, Deshaun Fenwick, as I mentioned, and Trey Lowe. He was a Washington transfer, and it seemed like any three of those guys, it might be a timeshare type thing, but B.J. Baylor just took the starting role and had a massive success, and every time he's touched the ball, he seems to find a crease, find a hole, get positive yards, so they really used him as their workhorse back where they expect to give him the ball at least 20 times a game. And he's why go away from it? It's been super successful. Yeah. I mean, that's the one part of uh, looking at the stats, at least that I'm dearly afraid of uh, going into going into this Saturday's game. Um, Let's get into just some of the general questions just to teach the Cal fans and our listeners about Oregon state. All right, let's, let's start at the top. We talked about BJ Baylor, but is there anyone else on the offense that you think that Cal should know about? It's um, B.J. Baylor, as I mentioned, and outside of him, there's seven or eight wide receivers that could have a big game that could be the Beavers' leading wide receiver. There's no, in years past, there's no Isaiah Hodgins, mm-hmm. who's clearly going to be the guy. Um, so it could be Tyjon Lindsey, Trayshawn Harrison, Anthony Gould. There's a, a million different receivers it could be that's going to have a big game. And their tight ends, Luke Mus- Musgrave and Tegan Quiritino. Um, Beer fans thought they would be utilized more in the past game, but with the success of the running game, they've mostly been asked to block this season. Um, against Washington and against Washington State, uh, the Beavers really struggled to throw the ball. I think Chance Nolan had only 48 yards of passing against Washington. And they, they still ended up winning, um, but it was a nail-biter for sure. So that's the big thing. If they can make Oregon State one-dimensional and kind of take B.J. Baylor out of it, there it could be a long game for Oregon State for sure. Well, Cal fans are going to be wondering with that Musgrave last name if there's any connection to Cal's offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave. And there is. There is. Bill Musgrave is the uncle. 
Oh, really? Of <laughs> Oregon State tight ends, uh, Musgraves. So it's a battle of the Musgraves come Saturday. Hey, um, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Um, so that's a little fun little tidbit. Uh, let's talk about the defense then. Is there any guy on defense that Cal fans should be looking out for? Um, for the longest time, there's Avery Roberts, middle linebacker, and there's Omar Spates, who's mm-hmm. the other middle linebacker. And I forget the exact stat, but there was like a 15-game stretch where either one of those players led the team in tackles. It wasn't against until like Idaho when they played a lot of their backups that a different linebacker led the team in tackles. So definitely Avery Roberts and Omar Spates, they're going to be around the ball carrier wherever he is. They're probably going to get seven, eight, nine, ten tackles against Cal. Outside of them, um, number one on defense is Rajon Wright. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Last Chance mm-hmm. U on Netflix. He's a Last Chance U star defensive back. His brother was just drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, Nashon Wright. And uh, he's he's had a really good year. He's a long, athletic corner, probably going to be matched up on Cal's best receiver. And um, he'll either give up a big play or make a big play. He seems to kind of be always around the action there. Yeah, well, Cal fans, uh, if you live in the Bay Area, you'll know from Last Chance U. I believe he's from Laney, which is right here in Oakland. Also, the former school of CJ uh, Cal running back C.J. Anderson and Super Bowl winner C.J. Anderson. So, um, yeah, so there there's some connections there. There definitely are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, I was going to ask, I should have probably looked this up before. I remember Oregon State had two big re- recruits from the state of Oregon, Casey Philpins, uh-huh. and there was like Andy, Andy Alfieri. Alfieri yeah. yeah. And I remember being really bummed. They both committed to Cal over Oregon State. Um, but I haven't super kept up with their career ever since then. Well, one of them we're both bummed about because he flipped to Stanford to become a running back at Stanford because he wanted to be the next Christian McCaffrey. That's right, yes. And then uh, Andy Alfieri is still with the team, so uh, he's working his way up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there are a lot of connections between uh, between the two. For sure, yeah. Um, how, how are Cal fans feeling about their head coach and their season in general? I know it's... They've been in a million close games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, it's uh, It's been a rough, rough year, to say the least. Uh, but we're hoping 
this little stretch of of uh that getting that second victory out of, out of Colorado which you know we should have and we needed to get that win but the comp- the competitive game against Oregon and uh the Washington game that we kind of want back I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Cal fans that are like oh just we just had those like one or two more plays one or two more plays and I feel like we're on that cusp and that's why this Oregon game is so intriguing because if you can beat a team like this Oregon State team right now, then that proves that you maybe maybe it was just a, f- a couple of 50-50 balls that just went the other way, and you're starting to turn in the corner. So, for me, that's why I'm excited to watch this game. I'm so I'm so stoked for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, a little surprised when I saw the line, and it was Oregon State one and a half. Mm-hmm. The more I've been thinking about it all week long, uh, Chase Garber, who's an experienced QB, and he's can run the ball a little bit, and that's exactly the type of player and offense that the Beavers can struggle against. So I'm excited. It's going to be, uh, I think, one of those toss-up Pac-12 games that anything can happen for sure. Yeah, I believe uh, the game's at 4. I think the sun sets somewhere around 640, which should be about half, a little over halftime. So we there's a, there's chance for some Pac-12 after dark action here, like midway through the third leading into the fourth quarter. So who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, another question I had, Cal, it seems like their defense has outperformed their offense mm. this season. Um, is that was that expected? Is that kind of just the Cal way the defense is gonna be better than their offense? I think it's part of our ethos that like Wilcox has come in and he wants to be a defense first team. Um and the defense because we've been losing a lot of the spotlight has been on why the defense hasn't made enough plays. But when you look at the stats, it's like it's we're not it's not that terrible. Like you we you hold Oregon to under twenty seven, like you hold a Washington State team that does score decently a lot, and you hold them to I believe what was it twenty four twenty one. Your offense should be able to score more than that in order to win. Like in college football, like you should be able to score like twenty seven, um, and and win out the games, especially if your defense is holding that well. So there, I think. There's some spotlight issues, you know. Of course, people are mad about the the offense, but man, when you're just losing, it's just like everything just looks bad. You can't yeah. find any, you know, moral victories. Even though for us, we're like we're trying to find a little bit of optimism in every single game. I think for the average fan, it's like it's tough. You don't want to experience losses. And Wilcox said that in a press conference. Uh, what was it after? I don't know. The losses have mounted, so I can't remember exactly which press conference it was. But he's sure. like losing, losing is rough. Like I get it, I understand it for the fans. Like I get that it's frustrating. It's frustrating for us, and why wouldn't the fans be just as frustrated? So, like he understands that aspect of it, and I think he takes all of his criticisms and everything in stride because he understands that comes as part of the job. There's he's not like some of those other coaches that fires back at, you know the the fans or the writers just because they're losing and they have nowhere else to vent on so i do respect that from wilcox but yeah I, as, as you said the defense is has been a little bit better than the offense um but then there's also been moments that the offense looked great like against tcu like we were just throwing bombs left and right and it we looked explosive and you know you guys know like the oregon uh addicted to quack guys uh, mm-hmm. Hithloday said it best when he was doing our film review and he said you guys have a solid run game but that's not explosive enough and you have an explosive pass game that's not consistent enough 
Right. And that's pretty much where we're at. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And when when losses start to mount or you're losing games you shouldn't lose against teams you shouldn't lose to, it, it's rough. I know this season's been really rewarding for Oregon State fans because it seems like they've been on the cusp. They've been competitive. They've mm-hmm. been almost there, and now they really have got the ball rolling. And, and the games they would be competitive in but still lose this season, they're finding a way to, to pull those out and get the victory. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's why this game is. That's the more I think about, the more like this is a this is a key moment in like, at least from my perspective for Cal season. Like, this is a key. You need to be competitive in this game. Like, you can't come out and play like you did against Washington State. If you lose on like a fifty-fifty ball, I can live with that. But you know, this is one of those games that you need to show that you're willing or you have turned the corner. Yeah. Yeah, and um, something that kind of worries me about Cal is their defense. I don't think Oregon State's going to immediately come out and score 40 points like they did (laughs) against Utah or USC. Um, Cal's defense is going to force some three and outs. They're going to be able to wear Oregon State's defense out, and those are the type of games that I get nervous about. The defense is on the field a lot. They're tired, and they're starting to give up touchdown after touchdown and then the offense can't get into the rhythm like they want to the beavers are at the best when they they're getting first downs the offense is feeling themselves in their rhythm and then giving the defense a break on the other side as well absolutely i mean speaking about that let me flip the question to you um what are the strengths of uh oregon's defense uh, i mean because we talked about the offense and how prolific it is but you know, the defense, like, where are the strengths? Like, what is Cal going to need to be uh, wary of, like, when they look at the film against this Oregon State defense? Yeah, they're, the strength of their team defensively is their linebackers. We talked about the middle mm-hmm. linebackers, and they've also got outside linebackers like Riley Sharp, Andres Hughes-Murray. Um, they have a real deep stable of linebackers, and a lot of their pressure is going to come from the outside linebackers on, on passing plays. Their defensive line is still one of the biggest weaknesses of the team. They've, they've made, made progress, and, and they've withheld themselves at the line of scrimmage, so they're not giving up those big, easy five, six, seven yard runs. Um, but they they don't bring a lot of pressure from the defensive line. They don't beat double teams and get to the quarterback very often. And uh, their secondary has been better than expected. Um, Alton Julian is a safety that went down last week, and it sounds like he's going to be out for a little while. So they're going to be working in a couple of new guys in the secondary, and they can definitely get exposed. Um, I know you mentioned sometimes Cal can have those explosive plays. Um so really, it's it's going to be the linebackers and it's going to be the secondary. That's the strength of the Beavers' defense, and their defensive line is still a work in progress. So, all right, we talked about the offense. We talked about the defense. How do you see the game playing out? Yeah, it's uh, it can go both ways for sure. I'm I'm hoping as a Beaver fan that <laughs> they they establish the run. Um, their offensive lines have been really, really impressive this mm-hmm. season. I think they've probably got the best offensive line in, in the Pac-12. And um, if they can lean on those guys, establish the run, set up the play action, 
and just have Chance Nolan completing easy um, passes and B.J. Baylor getting chunk runs here and there to, to keep the chains moving, um, that'll be great. And they'll be able to put up 30 points, and they should be able to, to be feeling good and, and get the victory. If that doesn't happen, if they're getting penalties, holding calls, getting behind, having to punt early in the game, that's when it'll be a struggle. And I think Cal can get an early lead and kind of milk that early lead and put Oregon State's defense in tough spots. So, like I said before, I it can go either way. It, it's a one-point game, a point spread for a reason. Um, but I'm just hoping the Beavers' offense can carry them to a victory here behind B.J. Baylor specifically. Yeah, I think you and I both are surprised uh, for different reasons. But for me, I'm like looking at it. It's a 2-5 and five team versus a 5-2 and two team. I don't think the spread should be one and a half points it should be at at least three like it's a, it's got to be at least a, a full possession uh but vegas man they sometimes know things that we don't <laughs> yeah so. it's true <laughs> it is true um and outside of just for my own benefit viewer fans benefits uh outside of chase garbers who should they look out offensively Ooh, on offense. I think the mm-hmm. biggest name that all Cal fans are gonna would tell you is probably number 10 wide receiver Jeremiah Hunter. Um, he's kind of established himself as the guy uh, for the team. Super explosive, uh, really, really wide catch radius. If he's... An, uh, I love referencing Hithliday because sometimes if, uh, if you talk to Hithliday, he watches more football on your team than you watched on your team. Uh, mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Like Hithliday has said, if 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 uh, when we we're talking about the Oregon game, he said if Jeremiah Hunter is having like a breakout game where he's averaging you know twenty five yards per catch, that's you're probably gonna lose that game, um, and that's kind of what happened against Colorado as well. I think he was averaging twenty yards a catch. I believe he did that against Wash or or I think he did that against Oregon as well. Um, if I'm remembering my stats correctly, I might not be, but. Yeah, uh, he's just one of those guys that has gotten better and better and better and gotten separation, and Chase now looks for him because – and they they move him all throughout the field. Like, they'll put him on a, a shallow route. They'll put him, you know, over the middle. They'll put him outside. They'll make him go deep. So you just don't know where his releases are going to come and where he's going to try and attack you. And so he's probably the guy you want to, you know, keep an eye on, especially if you're if you're the DB coach, probably uh, – shift maybe the spotlight a little bit towards him and just hope that someone else beats you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, hey, I'm I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be probably another real close game decided in the fourth quarter. Um, those are the type of games that are fun to watch. So Absolutely. The last question that we always ask any writer or any friend that comes on the pod, we do not, and we need to, we always put a disclaimer, we do not condone violence. We do not condone violence, but if you metaphorically were in a vacuum and were allowed to punch someone in the face without any ramifications, who would that person be? I, I've got to go with Oregon's head coach, Mario Cristobal. <laughs> no, no hard feelings, but he is, uh, he seems like the exact opposite personality from Jonathan Smith, uh, more of a look at me guy, uh, bring the spotlight on me type of guy. I know he was fighting with his own fans about people booing in Otsit Stadium, um, and so just not 
personality that seems to rub beaver fans and myself personally <laughs> the wrong way <laughs> awesome awesome hey who knows maybe Mich- maybe a miami comes calling and uh you know you won't have to worry about him anymore yeah <laughs> there be, we go yeah. nice you and me both uh but thanks for uh coming on the pod talking uh beaver football uh for me and the listeners where can the fine folks find all of the stuff about the beavers if they want to learn more about them yeah we're there at uh, buildingthedam.com it's part of sb nation um just read up about the team we're having a good time this year talking about the success Oregon State's had and, and the direction John Hill Smith has his team. There you have it, buildingdam.com. And uh, for our end, you know where to find us. We're at Golden Bearcast on Twitter, all our red stuff, directforcalifornia.com. And that's it for this podcast. And as always, go Bears. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob.